Welcome to Sports Cars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chad Kovic and Lester Munson. If you don't think uh, the Ohio State University is arrogant, shame on you. Welcome once again to uh, Sports Court. I'm Chad Kopic along with uh, ESPN's legal analyst, the one and only Mr. Lester Munson. We're brought to you, of course, by our great friends at American Taxi. John Coyne and American Taxi, Chicago's primetime suburban taxi service. Lester, uh, where are we going? Where is society going when Ohio State determines uh, we want Urban Myers so badly, we're going to pay him $24 bucks over six years to coach our football team? Uh, by the way, we don't care that our state, which supports the university, just happens to be bankrupt. It amazes me what uh, they do for football coaches in public universities. We see this all the time, although this is really the worst one. The Ohio, the state of Ohio is near insolvency. They have 95 different issues in the legislature, all of them involving money that they do not have. And now they just happen to find $24 million off in the corner to pay the football coach. And I am sure that the legislature and the governor and everybody would 100% support this. That's how bad it is. I mean, it's even worse than you think. Have you noticed over the years, by the way, that uh, Ohio State University likes to uh, offer up this very pristine image of being uh, this uh, wonderful school of academics and athletics? And uh, you think about Wayne Woodrow Hayes, Woody, uh, departing uh, Ohio State after he punched uh, Clemson linebacker Charlie Bauman. I remember Earl Bruce telling me about uh, a fan running up and threatening to uh, kill him after he lost his first Big Ten game at Ohio State. Uh, Jim Tressel, classic liar, tried to cover up with his uh, players in the uh, tattoo for memorabilia scandal. Now Urban Meyer in a state that's bankrupt. Who is Ohio State trying to kid? Well, uh, let's add one more case. Maurice Claret. There was a guy that every coach who was paying attention knew was nothing but a thug. Could he run with the ball? Could he run over people? Yes. But it was Ohio State that offered him the scholarship. A lot of other schools passed him by. To this mm-hmm. day, there are people in the Big Ten who have no idea what was going on at Ohio State that they would let him in even for that one season. You have been uh, keeping the eyes. While the dust has settled to a degree, I know you still have the radar on uh, Happy Valley. Jerry Sandusky, Joe Paterno, let me offer this to you. When will Joe Paterno be forced to legitimately speak in public? Does that occur once Sandusky goes on trial and Paterno is called as a witness? A guy like Paterno, Chet, I think, can hold off and keep all of us at bay almost indefinitely. But at a certain point, when the first, second, or third victim files a civil lawsuit looking for money damages, they're going to sue Paterno. He's going to have to give his deposition. He's going to have to answer questions for Mm -hmm. hours under oath from a lawyer who has reviewed the material. It's not like having a press conference with the media. In, In the deposition, he has to actually answer the question that is put to him. He can't duck it the way he does if you or I are asking him questions. So at that point, we're going to find out an awful lot about what Paterno knew and when did he know it. And what is he willing to deny at this time? But but right now, uh, I think he's going to hold us off indefinitely, just as he has so far. How badly are the NBA players bleeding, in your opinion, after well, their settlement with uh, David Stern and the club owners? And uh, might this be considered 
Stern's greatest victory as NBA commissioner? It's a victory for Stern. I don't have any doubt about that, but I would say it's a narrow victory. The The players knew going in that because of the losses in the small markets, they were going to have to give back some of the money they had obtained in previous bargaining. And they did that very early in the bargaining. The players were willing to take a cut. Uh, it now amounts to about a billion dollars over 10 years. They were willing to take that cut early. They did... Billy Hunter and Derek Fisher and the players did manage to preserve some level of free agency. They have some exceptions to the salary cap. The problem they have is they, the only teams that can afford a big-time free agent are the big market teams. The players should have been holding out for more benefits for the small market teams so there would be more competition for free agents. And they failed to do that, and there Stern scored a major victory. Do you uh, get a feeling right now that Rahm Emanuel is very quietly working behind the scenes toward the uh, eventuality of finding uh, public funding for renovation of Wrigley Field? I don't have any doubt about it. I think uh, Tom Ricketts, Rahm Emanuel, the Illinois Sports Facilities Authority, they have a plan. Which is basically now... The Sports Facilities Authority is basically now Emanuel's play toy. It's totally in his pocket. Uh, there's a couple people left over from under Mayor Daley and under Governor Quinn, but Rahm Emanuel has his people in there. I think he understands the wisdom of doing something good for the Cubs and doing something good for Wrigley Field. The White Sox have been taking money from that Sports Facilities Authority for 20 mm-hmm. years, that, that millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. It's about time the Cubs got something. And no, I have no doubt, Emanuel and Ricketts, architects and bond people, they're getting ready to do something. And it'll happen, I think, during spring training in next year. He is Lester Munson. I'm Chet Kopik. This, of course, has been Sports Court, brought to you by our great friends at American Taxi. Remember, if you're in the burbs, there's only one way to go, and that is with American Taxi. We'll catch you next time around. So long, everybody. Three, two, one. Sports Court time once again. How you doing, everybody? Chet Kopik along with ESPN's uh, national legal expert, Lester Munson. Lester, uh, you are a Cub fan, of which uh, there is no known cure to that particular no. sickness. <laughs> no. Why would Theo Epstein want to spend $200 million for either Albert Pujols or Prince Fielder? I know that uh, they're both home-run machines. I know they both represent box office. But the fact of the matter is, I believe Pujols is actually older than 32, number one. And Prince Fielder, at 27, year old, 27 years of age right now, has the legs of a 35-year-old man. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on both counts. I'm sure Pujols uh, has two or three different birth certificates, like a lot of people <laughs> from the Dominican. And Prince Fielder is, it, it, what was it John Crux said? I'm not an athlete, I'm a baseball player. <laughs> Prince Fielder is in that category, and he's in about his, if he has to run out a double, he's going to have to take the next two innings off. I mean, it, it's it's pretty sad. And I don't think that Epstein is serious about either one of those guys, but he does like to push other teams higher than they want to go for these free agents. And so that's what he's doing. He did the same thing last year with Mariano Rivera. He did the same thing. Uh, the Yankees did it to him with Carl Crawford. It was uh, It's just a way of pushing up the market and forcing the Cardinals to pay more money than they want to pay. I apologize, by the way, Lester, for the interruption. That was my bookie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, and you're betting uh, Syracuse UCLA. University. 
on Christmas Day, oh. given the heat that Jim Beheim is under, given the fact that Beheim came out swinging at uh, all those who accused Bernie Fine, given the fact that Fine is now on the run, big time, how does Beheim survive beyond Christmas? I say he doesn't. I agree with you. I don't see how he's going to survive. I'm I'm a little bit surprised that he's still there now. I think based on the Penn State experience, we know that there's more adverse information yet to come. Uh, there will be revelations that will be embarrassing to Beheim, uh, embarrassing to the university. Uh, if I were the chancellor and the president of Syracuse University, I would be getting rid of Beheim right now for the sole purpose of saving my own job. And that's what they ought to be doing. Lester, could there come a time where, as criminal proceedings transpire with Bernie Fine, that someone will file a civil lawsuit against Jim Beheim, given the fact that Beheim has been, uh, for all practical purposes, Fine's supervisor for uh, God only knows how many years? We know there are going to be more victims. We know those victims are going to find lawyers. And the first thing the lawyer does when you're representing a victim like that is you look to find as many people to sue as you can. You sue everybody who's anywhere near it, and that will include Beheim. He will get sued. I'm not sure. You need some more evidence than you have right now to keep him in the case. But he will get sued. The university will be forced to defend him. They will be arguing with insurance companies about whether the insurance is going to pay for the lawyers and pay for the damages. But, yes, he's going to be sued, and he'll end up giving his deposition and going through the whole drill, just like Paterno will. If the fighting Illini hires Mike Leach, former Texas uh, A&M coach, to run the show, how do they explain away the fact that uh, Leach had this little issue in which he uh, kept one of his players with a concussion in a dark room for uh, three hours? Not only did he keep him in the dark room for three hours, his father is a commentator on ESPN. I mean, this is the last guy you want to pick a fight with if you're a football coach. I'm not impressed with Leach. I was not impressed with him as a coach. I'm certainly not impressed with him as a human being. Uh, Is that who they want down there? You wonder about the Illini from time to time. They make these hires that you just cannot explain. It's a football program, Lester, that for all practical purposes has been in the dark ever since, I dare say, Red Grange left campus. (laughs) There was a momentary flash of light with J.C. Caroline and Mickey Bates. That lasted about 10 games, and then that was it. That was it. Once again, he is Lester Munson, ESPN legal expert. I'm Chet Kopic. This has been Sports Court, brought to you by our great friends in American Taxi, Chicago's primetime suburban taxi service. We'll catch you next time around. So long, everybody.